In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. And welcome to the Sex and the Squirrel podcast, the podcast that gives you real life dog training results. Now, today is an extremely special podcast. Many of our amazing listeners will know all about Jasper, the brilliant little Jack Russell Terrier, who's featured in so many of our videos and so many of our lives. Such a skilled demo dog, he's been invaluable in helping us to teach you how to achieve real life results in so many ways. Now, Sadly, Jasper passed away very suddenly uh, from a totally unexpected illness and both, um, well, all of the Absolute Dogs team and uh, Michelle, his owner, were completely and utterly shocked. Everything was tried to help him pull through, but heartbreakingly, nothing um, worked and difficult decisions had to be made. Today, we'd love to really celebrate his life. Because ultimately, we know how many lives this little Jack Russell Terrier has changed. And we're talking to Michelle, and Michelle's joining us today, his awesome dog mum, to hear all about him and their amazing journey together. And I suppose also quite how much it's changed. Now, this is the first podcast I've ever done outside, and I am literally doing it for this purpose, that I know we need to change the energy, we need to change the state, we need to change this whole place. Because to make something a celebration of life, you got to do something different, right? So welcome, Michelle. It's amazing Hello. to have you here. How are you? I'm good, thank you. A beautiful and sunset. It is a really beautiful sunset. So today is um, a, a gorgeous sunset. And I think that Jasper would definitely, definitely, definitely approve, appreciate it. Sure. He, him being the sun uh, worshipper that oh, yes. always, always um, was. So a massive warm welcome to you, Michelle. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us. I know our listeners will be hugely grateful to have this opportunity to get to know Jasper and you even better. And I suppose to spend a little time feeling gratitude for everything he contributed to the work we do, helping people and helping dogs transform all over the world, including at our, our training center where um where he's played a huge part and where he um is is now is now buried here. And, and so for me, it's kind of like a um a very significant space. And 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 he always he would have I, I can picture now, so I can I can picture that now. Um, so he transformed struggles to strengths all around the world. Um, let's start at the beginning. Uh, and right at the right at the beginning, where did Jasper actually come from? Because I know that he wasn't uh, a Jack. And we were talking about this the other day. I was like, he's not your typical Jack Russell Terrier in lots of ways. Yeah, for sure. He chased critters and lots of other things. But where did he actually come from? So um, I had been for a, a training for a half marathon And um, we were having breakfast afterwards with the group. And one of the girls said, oh, my neighbor has got puppies. 
And I was like, really? Puppies? What type of puppies? Jack Russell puppies. And we got chatting and it turns out I knew Jasper's dad, Jackson. So I said, oh, can we go take a look? So we went to have a look, sat on the floor. And the first puppy that crawled in my lap was Jasper. So he kind of picked me. And so Bermuda, um, explain what were you even doing in Bermuda? Because some people that would know you here might think, well, Michelle just lives here. Like, what were you doing in Bermuda? So I was born and raised in Bermuda. Um, uh, I went to university in Canada, but my life was really in Bermuda. So I was a vice president at a reinsurance company. Um, I was involved with horses. In my spare time, I was running. Um, And I was involved a a bit with agility, helping out at agility shows, helping friends when they went to classes and stuff. So I was really interested in dog training from a horse perspective. So it kind of all happened at the right time to get Jasper. And was it Jasper that led you to find Absolute Dogs? Was he having any struggles or did you want some help? Like, how did you find out about Absolute Dogs? So when I first got Jasper, someone gave me your Pep to Perfection DVD. How cool is that? I know. It's really funny. Baby Eliza. (laughs) Baby Eliza and Pup to Perfection crawling around in there. I love that. I really, really love that. Like, that's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, And you came to Bermuda, got six years ago. Six years ago, May. That's actually insane, isn't it? Like, that really insane. Yeah. So the struggles we were having, he had chased chickens a couple of times at the stables. I remember. Yeah. And that was one of the first things you asked me about was what trouble did I have with him? And I explained about he chased chickens and I've been told not to worry about it. Don't worry. It'll be fine. He'll stop doing it when he grows up. And I thought he looked like he was having an awful lot of fun. It took us 20 minutes to get him back. I'm not sure I want him to do that again. And that was the first advice you gave me was uh, don't let that happen ever again. Like Jasper, the chicken chaser. So then you um, started coming, I suppose, like you said, you were coming to in-person workshops, both in Bermuda and in the UK. Tell us a bit more about those and the uh, conversations that then led you (laughs) future here at Devon Dogs, because that's pretty magic. Yeah. So um, when you were in Bermuda, I loved the training so much. Um, I think we talked about signing up for Absolute Dogs. And I love my phone and I was like, right, I'm in London in two weeks. Can I come to Devon Dogs? And I was really insistent with you. And I was like, you've got too many friends on Facebook. It won't let me be friends with you. I can't get the information I need. And I was like really pushy. And then I got home, we agreed it. And then I looked at a map and I was like, Lord, how am I going to get from London to Devon on a Friday? I'll make this happen. So I came, that was my first time two weeks after I met you came out and I couldn't bring Jasper like that's not possible so you lent me um dogs and I trained I think on the Saturday like 8 30 in the morning till it got dark you were really on it weren't you yeah just as many dogs as many experiences as you possibly could throw at me I think I went through three trainers during the day yeah you were you were that sort of student that could just absolutely like be pushed you really could be pushed and I love that about you and um, even though Jasper couldn't come with you that time, you were very ready. So how did Jasper get to the UK and when did Jasper get to the UK? So um, I think I messaged you when I was at happy hour one evening and said, right, I've just done my master's. Do you need someone in the office? And it happened that on that day, you found out that the office manager was going to move back closer to your family. And I did a Skype call with your mum. Next, fast forward a few months September 2016, I dropped Jasper off at Barrowland, basically. 
like right removed like, he was moved. Amazing, wasn't it? It was amazing. Yeah. Literally, what? A, and Jasper got on a little plane, and well, quite a big plane. And uh, the little Bermuda boy moved from Bermuda, baby, to uh, the UK, baby, and yes. uh, had a bit of a culture shock, right? Like, what was probably the biggest thing that Jasper struggled with when he first came here? The rain. Yeah, like he would literally, his little eyes would close, and his little face would be like, "I really, really." really hate this like you could see his little face like a little foot up this is not cool and we he needed a sweater didn't he yes uh, just to manage it he was like i can't manage this this is just too much like i uh, it makes me giggle so what were jasper's i suppose um changes like how did he how did he grow how did he change and and what did you see at the beginning and then what did you see at the end because I remember one of the biggest things I used to see in Jasper was whenever like whenever he wasn't sure of something whenever he wasn't 100% happy with something he would shake yep just do this little like shake like he was shaking it off in some way but he often didn't shake it off because he might need to shake again and and he was quite a timid little soul in a lot of ways like he was quite shy and he definitely was very aloof. And I remember one day taking him on the beach and um, I'd said to you, like, I'm going to go on the beach and I'm going to see how he gets on. And you're like, yeah, he's been to loads of beaches and beaches are fine. And, and like, as in he knows beaches. And I don't think you expected me to let him off because I think you should explain to everyone here, what are the leash laws like in Bermuda? Because they're very, very different living with a dog in Bermuda to living here. And by the way, I love Bermuda. Um, and I obviously love here. Um, it's just a very different place to live with a dog. Yeah, so you can't have a dog off lead in public. Um, when you go to the beaches, um, and do it like, sorry? like, how about if you sneak and do it like on the beach and you just let them run? Like, you you can just don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Um, no, I mean it's it's a completely different place, isn't it? So so if you go out in public, you need your dog on a lead. Yeah, lots of flexi leads in Bermuda, um, but you pretty much have to have your dog on lead. Yeah, and is it enforced? Um, I'm not aware that it's enforced, but it's mainly other dog owners. If your dog's off lead and it runs over to somebody else's dog on lead, you will get told off. People aren't happy about that. And there's dogs, uh, it's a, there's a almost, I don't know what the stats are, but it's a very um, big dog community in Bermuda. So there's lots of dogs around, lots of people out walking dogs. So, so basically, I remember taking Jasper to the beach and I let him off and I literally just saw this little bullet run in the opposite direction from me fast for a long, long way. Like he went a long way. He was gone. And I was like, really, this is interesting. I think I just lost Michelle's dog. Like I was yelling, I was calling, I was, there were no games. I was definitely not sexier than any squirrel or seagull or or any sea life creature. Like I was not sexy. He was gone. He was like a bullet. And and he really only stopped when he reached the dog in the distance, which was a heck of a long way away. And I think he liked the UK in, in that way, but I don't necessarily think that we had any real relationship with Jasper. I think Jasper- not at the beginning. He was going, right? Yeah. So he had long range in him. So how did he change? What transformed him? How did he improve? What happened? So the, the move to the UK, I saw a different dog. It wasn't the dog that I left Bermuda with. Um, and now I can look back and say that was actually a good thing because we missed how much confidence he lacked. 
So typical terrier, seemingly outgoing, seemingly at that point, I thought he was larger than life, but he really wasn't. And the move to the UK, we recognized how little confidence he had in that first year. He was really shut down, but he didn't participate in the world. Um, And when we started to break through that, ditching the bowl, lots of confidence and optimism gains and tiny sessions, keeping it really easy and straightforward for him. All of a sudden, we started to see the little sparkle. Someone commented in my one-to-one today. Um, they said, God, he always sparkled on camera. So, and you started to see little glimmers of it, but it did take almost a year to start to see that. And you were really perseverant with it. You were really, really like doggedly gritty and determined. And the one thing you would do, which I think was really, really important, is you had the willingness to put him away when it was too much. Yes. And to say, I'm not doing this training class today or I'm not doing this workshop today. And you'd often work another dog, one of um, the uh, one of the other trainer's dogs or one of my dogs or like I know Classic worked with you, Everest worked with you. I know that we had lots of cool opportunities, but you were very willing to say, this is him done. Like he needs to yeah. go away. And he, he definitely um, taught you that. I love him in the background. He looks amazing. So anyone who catches this on video too, he he is just, that's so Jasper, isn't it? It's him. Game yeah. changer. Game changer boy. So were you worried that you'd made a mistake? So um, maybe when you moved him to the UK and you saw this different dog, did it ever like worry you or wobble you? Or even the fact that he wasn't as as confident or or maybe even he wouldn't make a demo dog. Were you ever worried in that process? Yeah. And mainly um, the doubt came in when I did it, signed up for a workshop, paid for a workshop, was super excited to kind of have him work. And I brought him out and he wouldn't even make eye contact. Mm-hmm. And I'm waving chicken and I'm running around and I'm throwing stuff. And he's like, no, thank you. And then you kind of think, what have I done? And, and I guess um, a lot of empathy for other owners of MBN dogs. I was uh, really embarrassed. Like, I've paid all this money. Everyone's watching what we're doing. He's supposed to be this great dog. And I can't even get him to engage with me. I He's think that at the walls. It raises such a brilliant point. And um, I've even had it, like, with, with my crew where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a dog trainer. What if they do something wrong? And I think you get that, like, what if they do that? And how does that reflect on what people would think of, of my dog training? Like, yes. And this is when you've got to turn that attitude, isn't it, to an attitude of um, expectation in them, uh, to appreciation for what they are, and then show the world what they are and how you're going to work with it. Yes. And and I think you did that really, really beautifully, Michelle. I think you did that in a really, really great way because you didn't hide any of Jasper's flaws. You didn't hide any of the journey. And at the end of the day, this is something I hit in dog sports all the time. I'm like, they're your dog. So you know what? If they have an off day, this is your dog. Or if they have a a nervy, wobbly day, this is your dog. And so ultimately forgive them for being a dog and and celebrate the fact that they're a dog. And I think you did that really, really nicely. I really do. So what kind of things did you do to help him? And were there some foundation games that were really key for him? Like what were the things you did to help? Well, the biggest thing was uh, taking your advice and and embracing the help that I was given by you, Tom. I did consults with Tom. You helped me hugely with him. Um, so it's listening to the advice I was given and then putting it into practice. And some of the advice was really hard to take. Thinking, I don't what what am what am I like? Work him less, give him two days off. Like 
is that the right thing to do? That was such um, a thing. I know when we had lessons and group classes and workshops and I mean you came here before you even moved here and had like intense training yeah and um you then when you started here you literally did every training session you could but the one thing I think you did brilliantly that so many people can't do is you did come sometimes without him yeah that seems alien doesn't it that you're coming to a workshop or a class and you're arriving here in Devon um, and you're in person training and you didn't have your dog like that just seems freaking nuts like hang on a second what are we doing here but actually who are we most working on so that probably helped me the most with him because I learned how to do the things with another dog before I did it with him and who are we working on at that point me yeah and we're working on and, and this is the thing I'd, I'd love to out to all of the people listening to the sexy in the squirrel podcast most of all when our dogs aren't doing what we want them to do who do we need to work on yeah, it's, it's Handler, it's us. So most of, like, the, the most important thing was get me getting it, me getting the mechanics, me learning the games, then taking it and teaching it to Jasper. I love that. I mean, that's what we do, right? We do proximity. We yeah. do um, concept training. And this is something you're great at. Now, having a dog like Jasper, for those people that don't know, Michelle is a dog trainer full-time, and she's a dog trainer full-time, um, my head trainer here, in fact, at, at Devon Dogs in the heart of Devon and the home of Absolute. Now, when you're being a full-time dog trainer, do you take lessons from what Jasper has taught you? Does it, does he, does he get into your lessons? Always. He's, um, he's not with us, but he's my best demo dog still. <laughs> and, and he really is right. Like he really is. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It is a very, very tough one. And, and it's very raw still. And at the same time, I definitely see him around here. He's definitely he's definitely around here, and he's a cool strut. He's strutting his stuff. He's trotting and prancing across the field, sparkling away, ma- sparkly magic hand, literally going all the way. Now, when was the first time you felt like you turned a corner together? When did you feel he transformed into Jasper 1.0? We used to call him, didn't we? Um, oh, I, I can't remember a specific a specific time. Because it kind of it evolved. I'd have little glimmers of it, and then he he would go backwards a bit. It was like three steps forward, two steps back. But it was definitely after the first year. All of a sudden, I had a new dog, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is really cool." Um, so it was probably the summer of 2017. Um, started to see this this dog appear, um, and kind of commented it was a filming day I'm fairly certain it's a filming day because I remember commenting to Tom and we joked about Jasper 1.0 like where'd this dog come from because he, he hated Tom when he first and got he, to Devon and that's so funny he he truly did and, and what a change what a transformation he just kept blossoming kept growing kept developing right to the point that we were calling him Jasper X so what are some of the milestones that come to mind on that journey that you'd like to celebrate today from the Jasper that came off that plane to the awesome demo dog Jasper um one of the lives we did when he actually played on camera so that was it. I know, and I know that's common for a lot of NBN owners. Your dog plays at home, plays in your living room. You take them out, and they won't touch a toy. And, that's and I so, had the same struggle. Yeah, it's so common, isn't it? Like it's something we see all the time. And I suppose for our listeners who might also teach, do you have some tips for how to create an amazing demo dog? Um, boundaries, boundaries, more boundaries, and more boundaries. 
lots of confidence gains um, and don't put too much pressure on them. So uh, set them up for success. Like I think we did with your help. We did that really well. So he learned and grew to be a demo dog um, in little small incremental steps. And one of your best advice to me was just once. And that was a hard and fast rule with him initially. He only came out and demoed once a day. Um, that's it. So and that, you're really good on that. You you became very disciplined. Yeah. Like you definitely you definitely started to really and and the reason for that advice for me was he came out, he was polished, he was brilliant, and that was him done. He was yeah. he was job done. It wasn't let's do this again, let's do this again, let's do this again. He wasn't a repetition style style dog, actually. Now he had a few favorite things. Um, a couple of my favorite memories would be Jasper playing with his frisbees. He loved his frisbees. Yes. And then Jasper in the swimming pool. And one of the funniest things was you leaving Bowel and in your swimming costume, which I just find because <laughs> we live on and you were in your That's swimming normal costume. in Bermuda. And it was funny. It was just dead funny. And you were like, yeah, I'm going home like this. I was like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> like It was just dead funny. Um, any of your favorite sort of um, his favorite things or some of the things he loved to do or your favorite memories? Um, I, 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 one of my favorite things in our downtime that I would do with him was um, on a warm day, put the paddling pool out. He loved it. He, even though he didn't like rain, he'd get he his little paddling pool. pool and he just absolutely loved it. But you know what? It's no different, is it? We would have like a paddling pool on a sunny day. So I think Jasper just had some great sense, didn't he? Um, what key bits of advice would you give to someone who has um, a naughty but nice dog? Because actually Jasper really did give you, I think, even more passion for working with naughty but nice dogs. Because Jasper certainly was naughty but nice in his own way and never in a bad way. But yeah, what advice would you give people? Um, do what's right for your dog. So one of my biggest learnings with Jasper was walks weren't right for him. So he didn't go for walks. Once in a while, we'd go for a walk. But being a demo dog, doing a bit of agility, um, the type of games that we were playing, all of that was more than enough for him. Doing some search work. That is amazing. Like He loved his search. He loved his version of walks. Um, he loved doing the agility. He was a great agility dog. And he loved, um, really, really loved being a demo dog. And so yeah. actually it were his walks. And it's yes. reshaping your mind to making that work. So I really think that you get the dog you need. Um, do you feel the same way with Jasper? Well, game changer Jasper. And he made me a game changer. So I can learn so much from him. And one of my biggest learnings from him is it, he went from a dog that was really pessimistic to one that was optimistic. And that last year, he loved every moment. Yeah, and he really did. He really yeah. did. He literally, like someone said today, he sparkled. Now, I know it's hard to talk about, but there's so much um, I want to celebrate and how much um, you, I suppose how you've, processed um jasper's passing and i think our listeners could learn so much from this his illness was a massive shock um obviously i was here um you were teaching our team were here um and literally within a few hours um it went from um jasper having a um, seizure to us making really serious decisions and i think that actually um you didn't have any time to even imagine i suppose coping with a 
a life without Jasper. And, and we were not expecting to have that sort of thing happen on, on one day. And yet you've absolutely blown me away with how you've chosen, and I'm using that word really intentionally, chosen to process what's happened. And of course, we know that grief is there. And of course, we know that this is a process and a journey. But actually, you've done really well in in um, in, in this and, and, and in how it's happened. Now, what have you done um, specifically um, to empty your bucket to help you to keep you focused on positive things? I can think of a couple and, and you're welcome to, to share them, yeah. but um, so, think of a couple. I, I guess it was taking what I've learned from things that have happened to me in the past and being a better person. So I'd lost a horse um, suddenly as well, and I didn't handle that very well. So one of the things that it was a shock, it was sudden with Jasper. I kept taking myself back to celebrating him. So celebrate that I had the joy of his his him in my life for a short time. Um, getting involved back again with the horses was a big help, massive help. I think so, it was maybe a week, wasn't it? And yeah. uh, should we go on a road trip? Let's yes. go on a road trip. And we went looking for one horse. And what did we find, Michelle? Two. Yeah, two horses. And in February, <laughs> we had no horses. And then in April, we had how many horses? Three. Yay, three <laughs> overachievers, I feel. So we are the best overachievers going. I'm, I'm very happy with that. So how's that been um, good for you to decompress? Um, just having something that brings me joy. Um, going out, spending time with the horses in the fresh air. The stables that the horses are kept at is absolutely stunning. It's just got such good energy. The people there are really good energy. And like surrounding yourself with joy and um that's such so so like i really have a huge appreciation for that now i always thought i had it but like losing jasper really makes you appreciate every moment like the sunset behind you i agree like it's even, stunning even more even more yeah. it makes you, and and the night that um we lost jasper uh it was it was a strange day to be honest i i was supposed to be away wasn't I? I was, I was yes. supposed to not be here. I was supposed to be, I can't remember where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be somewhere and I couldn't go. And I can't even remember why I couldn't go, but I couldn't go. And so I was at home and I'm so glad I was at home because I was there to to give you a hand in, in lots of ways in working out what on earth was going on and, and what the decision making was behind it. Uh, as in how quickly we needed to change the vet plan and who we needed to do. Well, and we, we were on our way to like specialist plans, weren't we? And, yeah. and then that detoured when uh, Jasper went into cluster fitting. And basically, I think that evening was one of the most beautiful evenings. Like it was a beautiful evening. I don't know if you want to share where we were and what we did. Yeah, so we went, you, you bundled me into the car, basically. Um, come on, roast dinner, let's go. So we went and had the most amazing roast dinner um, and then went and we tried to find some ruins um, where the sun, the, the sunset is really beautiful, like what you've got behind you right now. So we're trotting over the moors, trying to find a circle of stones. And it's like on our Google Google Maps, um, Matt's running one way, Eliza's running another, trying to I'm, find the circle of stones. My mum and dad behind complaining, dad saying, could I not have just had the roast dinner? Um, so it really was a, um, I just wanted the roast dinner, really. Anyway, we came around a corner and... There it was. Like you said, you guys have been running and there it was. And who found it? Because you guys found it, right? Yeah, I think it was, um, uh, it was kind of a group effort. It was a great group effort. And at the same time, 
when we got there, how beautiful was it? It was stunning. It was such a gorgeous evening. Just um, like I've got photos, it, 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 the photos don't do it justice. And it's a magical place with really magical energy. Yes. That's one of the places that I absolutely remember. Um, Jasper. Yeah. That is a Jasper memory. Like for it me, definitely. That's beautiful. Um, it's called Score Hill. It's a stone circle and um, loads of different tales that you can find about Score Hill and, and, um, and stone circles. There's loads of stone circles. Um, but yeah, absolutely powerful, powerful, powerful powerful stuff really powerful stuff um what else in terms of and um, when you say like t- turned it into positive things what else have you managed to do to turn something positive um uh, just focusing on the dogs I have now and all the things that Jasper taught me and yeah. making sure that I um take those learnings and teach it to the dogs I've got with me right now so not not wasting the time I had with him um instead flip it around and yeah. teach the next the, the the next group of demo dogs the next Jasper wannabes get them going and not to forget that he's still there yeah so yeah. to the listeners to everybody in absolute dogs he's still there and I love that with with um with the videos is it it makes something eternal, right? Like yeah. the memories are there forever. So it makes it eternal. Now, I just want to say again, I'm so proud of how you've coped with um this experience. And I know everyone in our game changer community is immensely proud of you and is behind you. Um I hope you're proud of yourself and that this has shown you just how strong and empowered and, and grown that, that you are. I know you've been inundated with messages and people saying how much joy Jasper's brought them. Um, and um, I imagine that makes you smile immensely. Um, and I know that Jasper, like you said, he is present in so many, in so many ways. So um, I think that's yeah. very special. And a, a massive thank you to you because there's no way I could have gotten through so uh, when you go through a decision process like that you need the support you need the information um and and that was really hard but then to get all the messages from everybody I didn't appreciate how many people he touched so if anything that I I mean tears lots of tears because it was just so heartfelt to get the messages back from people but then realizing he's touched so many lives how cool is that I'm just a small part of his life. Like he's impacted people at Devon Dogs, the whole absolute dogs community globally, and he'll keep doing that. So even though people may not meet him, they'll see him on the videos. He's going to keep inspiring people. And that makes it all worthwhile. And his energy they will they will meet and they will see. And the sparkle. They will, and that sparkle is there and dispersed in so many different ways. So very, very special there. So Wow, I suppose that's um, been such an emotional and special episode of the Sexiness Girl podcast. Thank you so much, Michelle, for letting us to get to know Jasper even better and also your relationship with him, sharing on how to navigate such a stretching and uh, certainly a testing time. And he really does show what's possible through games-based um, learning and training from naughty but nice Jasper to the immense Jasper X. 
unrecognizable from when I first met him for sure a completely different dog and the journey he's taken you on has been literally life-changing for you and in turn so many other people Um, all our love uh, to you and we'll all smile every time we see Jasper featuring in one of our um, videos because I know that's the best thing he he lives on through through the videos and thank you for bringing him into our lives he already has and will continue to grow uh, such a beautiful legacy now one thing I do know is there's been a little um, and and I'm probably probably not supposed to tell you yet but um, there's been a little bit of a fundraiser um, for some special bits for you to remember him by they haven't quite uh, made it here yet but they are definitely making making it here so you're going to have lots oh, of little thank you future <clears throat> moments. I, I hope that everyone that's listening gets to hear quite how much both michelle myself uh, all of the absolute dogs team have tried to make this a celebration not something we get sad about jasper would hate the idea that everyone was sad he was a happy little terrier very unusual in so many ways he was always he was always he liked other dogs he was a sweetie um and so so for me um i know personally that that celebration is the goal um so um, huge well done for that michelle and thank you and he's still here he's right there there he is game changer jasper and that thank was, you everybody no that thank was you. incredible um michelle and and that was this episode of the sex in a squirrel podcast a really really special podcast just explaining to each and everyone listening how we get the real life results we do and then how we maybe take some of that learning and change it into our own life um, transformations huge hug coming across the across the screen thank you